We're recording. Apologies for the delivery scooter men revving outside my window. This is Beyond the Pass. Conversations with people from all walks of hospitality life. Centering mental health, Beyond the Pass is a conversation about life, hospitality and what makes us get out of bed each day. My name is Rachel, and I'm the head of operations at Kelly's Cause Foundation. I'm excited to take the mic over from Tobiana today to talk to Hazana. My name is Hazana. I worked in the service industry for quite a few years. I both managed bars, I managed a restaurant, did some other things, and now I left that. I ran away. I currently work in uh, sexual violence. I support sexual violence survivors. Uh, I did work in mental health crisis and I am on a very long journey of becoming a psychotherapist. One of the reasons we're excited to talk to you is that so often, like we know how challenging it is to work in hospitality and the mental health stress and how bad things are and that's so much of the work the foundation does but I don't know that many people who have transitioned from working in hospitality to working in mental health how one sort of informs the other but I really want to start with how you got into hospitality in the first place. I was a teenager and I needed money. Uh, I think that's kind of how it starts for most of us. My first ever job was a hospital. Uh, I worked in a little cafe when I was 16 or 17, I want to say. Uh, it was called Le Chandeleur. They sold tea and chandeliers. <laughs> so, you know, just either end of the colonial aesthetic on that one. But uh, yeah. So I did that and then I moved into working into a pub really close to my house around here actually called the Montpellier. I worked there for years uh, on and off doing the usual saving up for my gap year and um, kind of dipping in and out. And then I went up to university, continued to work in bars and then I dropped out of university. I came down, I worked in a club. That, that place was interesting. Um, I mean, talking about mental health, that's certainly one that had a deep effect on mine. Uh, was it just because of the hours and the drug I use? I think it was, or a was a combination like a... hours, drug use, alcohol, and then, um, you know, that process. I'm sure many of us have gone through it who've been in the service industry, where for about a year it's stunning it's beautiful oh my god everyone gets along everyone's so happy you create a little family and then the wrong person shags the wrong person or <laughs> this person another person has a breakdown then another person has a breakdown it all comes tumbling down <laughs> and there's always those linchpins like those people and if one of those people falls you just know that like it's all going to shit and when you start when those like people start to go down and you're like never this will same. never be the same the good it's done it's done the little the little uh you know beautiful kind of like euphoric period is over you know suddenly suddenly the lights come on both metaphorically and yeah. quite literally and the floor is sticky and you are crying <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty much how it feels and yes i literally ran away to tanzania I am Tanzanian, just to give a, a, a caveat um, um, on my dad's side. So I ran, I ran to Tanzania, literally ran away uh, to Tanzania. And I 
left the service industry while I was there for a couple of years. And then I came back and I started working at caravan restaurants and slowly made my way up to being bar manager at the Bankside site. And then I did that for a few years and then I left and went and worked very briefly managing a little wine bar in Camberwell. And then I left that and that was heavily due to my mental health. So, I mean, I, I, this is talking very much from experience when I discuss mental health in this industry. And was that mostly like, was it managing other people or was it the structure of that particular restaurant? It was a combo. It, I was not the right fit. I, um, I was very, the hours and the structure of the industry had been getting to me. And um, I went from a very medium-sized restaurant slash large, actually, I don't know what medium, it's it's large restaurant, you have a team, you have everything you need to, it's all on me. And I think I, it was not the right time. It was, I mean, I learned so much, mainly that I needed to leave the industry, but, <laughs> but um, it was very, very small. There was in, they were unable to have a larger team. Um, there was issues with staffing constantly. So I was working mad hours here and there. I, I mean, like one night I was chefing, bartending and serving. So, um, it was just chaos. I think it's this, we talk about this sometimes around the office, but the idea that we often will stay in jobs that are really, really shitty for us because we don't know that it's better someplace else. And I think that is so prevalent and so particularly when you are struggling with mental health and just in general it's like well this is just how it is and then all of a sudden you move to a new job where the dynamic is really different the staff are different the structure is different and all of a sudden you're like oh that was that it didn't have to be that way and but when you're in it it's like well this is just what it is this is how the industry works and it's so hard to remember that it's like oh i can go somewhere else and have the things i love about it and leave the shitty things about this behind I think also like that always lines up so closely with like how mental health works, right? Depression, anxiety, they like in their, in their, even in their presentation, take choice away from you. The way that they are, they exist in the body is that, you know, the future becomes very difficult to conceptualize. And then on top of that, you have an industry that kind of exacerbates that by, by, you know, it's, Restaurant work sometimes is crisis management and crises are now. Everything's now, 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 now. How do I solve this problem? I can't think about 20 problems down the line right now. I just need to get from one issue to the next, to the next, to the next. Everything becomes so, so you so sunken into where you are right now. It's so hard to imagine different, right? So yeah, you just stay because you're just, you're, you're another crisis that just, you just need to get through today, you know? It is totally fascinating to me how long, and I was certainly like this, and I, we talked to so many people that have this experience where the places where their mental health became the worst, they often will stay at the longest. The conversation that those two things are having all the time, and that idea of like, I just need to push through service, get through service, get through this section, whatever it might be, and that it is, it's so hard to see the future. A very old school mentality that is a huge hangover from old school restauranting culture is still so prevalent which is you suck it up right and so if you don't you failed if you don't you've done something wrong and when you are feeling depressed when you're feeling overwhelmed you don't want another failure you don't want another sense of failure 
I completely understand the mentality of being like, well, I have to see this through. Otherwise I'm a failure on top of being depressed and anxious and overworked and exhausted. It is kind of the trap of when you are struggling with depression, anxiety, whatever, and it can be the one thing that you get right in a day. I didn't make my bed or do my laundry. I haven't called, you know, my sister back. I haven't had a social plan outside this restaurant in months, but I really crushed my section. I can still say the high of smashing a service is unparamount. Like, it's just unmatched. Yeah, like there's nothing that feels like that better. And then you still, so you get those days, right? Like you have the hard days, you have the days that you, you're, or you're in a, a toxic environment, but you like, you, that table told you like, oh my gosh, we had like such a great night and it was because of you. Whew, that feels good. Of all the jobs that you had, what was your favorite hospitality job? I remember when I worked at Caravan and we, uh, when I was managing bar and we hit this point where all the management were female and that was beautiful uh yeah it was fantastic there was just so much communication it was just so lovely uh I felt very supported I think we all did feel very supported with each other well at least I hope just stuff got done man shit just got done um and I think that was that was amazing that was a really nice period I love consumption of information, right? So like learning when I like really went through the period of like nerding out about bartending was fun and like really learning, learning like the science behind it, learning different drinks and all that sort of stuff. When you figure out it can be a passion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I think often it's through like role models or mentorship or you just meet really fun people who take it seriously and you're like oh you can take this seriously this can be can be something that pays my bills and ruins my life but also that I can care pretty deeply about did you have people that sort of showed you the way like would have been that group of women my bar manager just before the one that I took over from uh Cameron Scott as I believe it uh he was he was great he was just really interested in it he was really passionate about it and like didn't really give a crap about the kind of more um technical like you know like oh we need to make sure that the um you know the gp on this is correct and whatever he was like yeah just go make some drinks and have some fun like get into it i think that was fantastic and working i work luckily i worked somewhere big enough that they had the budget for me to randomly mix some drinks together on a friday night um and experiment a bit so that was yeah that was good that was fun i, I like that period of of, of and, and at that point I was very much planning out a career in this as well. That led me to seeing a future long-term in this as a job. And when did that shift away? Like when you did leave, like to go through that period where you're like, I found a passion for this. I'm thinking about this as a career. What was the thing where you were like, no, I, I need to put this away. I can't pursue it more seriously. Everyone I've worked with who's in kind of like either on the floor or mid-management, I adore. They have been people who have inspired me. I've gained some of my closest friends in the entire world out of it. Both both through trauma bonding, but also a sense to build a community. I don't I don't think it's fair to just say it's all trauma bonding, but I think that certainly does do some stuff. Um, uh, I think everyone at our level just I was like I want to do this right like I want to hang out with you guys I want to I want to like be inspired by these people every day I want to do this and then when you go up 
you start seeing the business side of it. You start working with the owners. You kind of get into that section. And as a industry, I am not comfortable with it. I did not see myself in it. I couldn't, you know, I'm a woman of color. It was an environment that I don't think I would have felt safe in continuously. You know, Kelly's cause is incredible. And like other other restaurant owners and people out there are starting to do the work. Like I'm like, I, I see the shift now. I just don't know if my passion for it could have matched the energy I needed to also fight. Like I only had a, enough energy to do one path of that, which is either work my ass off, be in a position where it would have been very hard for me to get where I needed anyway. And then at the same time, be like, cool, we're going to dismantle an entire system that has historically completely ignored people that look like me and and have and have a life like me. Right. When I moved here, I was so surprised at how few particularly black women, but in general, just women of color, there were, and there was an overwhelming amount of women managing the floor. And I saw, I mean, you were the first black coworker I had in three restaurants in five years. It was shocking to me how white management was here. It's nuts. Like Caravan was better, but also tokenized, like completely tokenized. And like, I, we had like a staff do or something. I think it was, I don't know, whatever. And, um, one of the owners uh, discussed how they were so proud of how amazing we are and how amazing of a staff we are because we're we, we're so diverse and look so different. But yet, I knew multiple issues that were going on in HR. I was already dealing with an issue of someone spouting racism to someone I was seeing at the time. I knew that no one <laughs> above a certain level was a person of color. So it was like we are aesthetic as an as a both diverse in um, gender, in in queerness and in ethnicity was fantastic for them. But in in like the real, real, real world sense, like it meant nothing. None of us were going to get to the price bracket that they wanted or the pay. Sorry, the pay bracket that we needed you know, the, mo- the money was just always going to stay at the bottom levels. So I just, at some point I was a bit like, well, no, fuck this. Like, no, <laughs> like, yes, cool. Great. And, and also stop taking credit for how cool I am. This is an exchange. Okay. Like I come in, you pay me. You don't then get to also take from me my aesthetic, my, um, my charm, what are you on about? Like, no, 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 no. You get my skills. You don't get me. You can see it when you go to a staff meeting or even a staff party and you're looking at who's making money in the room. And if none of those people look like you or come from your background, it's like, there isn't a lot of motivation. No, no. And message is really clear. Even if you have people around you that are supporting you. Yeah. Like your team can be fantastic, but eventually we will all leave because we have lives that we need to pay for. We have things that we need to do. And so that supportive environment will disappear. And I think like also like leading leading on from that, right? When you are, when you do have that charm and energy and all that sort of stuff that you're not be- getting paid adequately for, quite frankly, you're also then spending your emotional energy, right? You are giving it all 
to complete strangers who leave 12.5 um you know percent of your percent of the bill that then goes into some random tax evade system <laughs> so <laughs> that you don't actually get right and they're like thank you for your service you've been incredible so really and ultimately like you know you spend your you spend your time getting paid in thanks that give you like the short lovely little high that you know give you the affirmations you need it does not it doesn't pay the rent and it doesn't pay the rent on your mental health it does not pay the rent on your mental health it is you give it all and you leave nothing left for yourself and you know i think this comes into like so much when we think about like the drinking culture and the way that we spend time with each other you know you finish a shift even if you did fantastic you almost have to debrief and like I work in something right now where like if you have a really intense session with someone you sit down afterwards and go through it because it's acknowledged that that was emotionally draining (laughs) you gave it all you need to recharge but I don't it's just not acknowledged what you're actually giving when you do these jobs and I think that is so eroding just very slowly can be chipping away at you and it's not to say that it's not going to be like that we are going to have you're going to have to work those hours right that's just when people eat you're going to have to do all of those things you're going to have to serve you're probably going to have to be give some of that emotional energy but the fact that it's just not being acknowledged I think it can make you feel a bit crazy because you're a bit like why do I feel so tired, so drained? I can't pin it. Da, 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 da. Everyone's telling me that like, this is just the role and this is what you do. And so you're just going a bit nuts being like, I have nothing. I have no emotional energy to give to anyone. I'm just going to drink my way through it. I never saw any other coping mechanisms that weren't like drinking and drugs. And I'm a big fan of drinking and drugs. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not some kind of Luddite, but I... I remember booking, I asked a manager when I first moved here for consistent days off. And I asked, I was like, I need Mondays off because I'm going to have therapy on Mondays and I didn't want to have to go to work after therapy. And she was like, wow, you do therapy? And I was like, that was a staff of, there was maybe, I mean, in the company close to 30 at our site, probably 15 or 20 people. And there was no, I was the only person in therapy. And some of that is because it's but when they found out that I was going it was like oh my god why they were all like why do you need therapy and I was like we work at the same restaurant right like (laughs) and I do think that this is changing and I saw a change in in like the span of four or five years but it was like if you are struggling with work or if you know you're not managing or you're feeling really drained have a beer have a giggle like steal a roll up from someone and go on and that was always it does not surprise me that the industry is in as big a crisis as it is when I reflect on those early experiences there's a no real acknowledgement of I think even that your staff might be in crisis right like everyone can see it when it's happening especially when it gets bad and it happens collectively because like we feed off each other like that like that that sense turns but yeah it's also because you take a group of people who are you know very much working in not always but sometimes quite toxic environments they're giving all of their emotional energy and they're dealing with that as you say with drinking and drugs and then slowly that just turns and then they feed off that and then everyone's angry everyone's upset 
you know, everyone's exhausted and then they turn in on each other as well. You know, the amount of times it would be, oh, I'm just so angry and upset because this person um, isn't working this shift now, right? Or gosh, can you believe that I got put on these shifts? Or um, it's completely that, uh, you know, not understanding that, okay, the person who's set the rotor, that's all that they could do. Like there was nothing else they could do, right? There's not a lot of generosity of spirit when it comes to what happened. And that often was so much of managing was just convincing everyone and not convincing because that seems like a trick, but like really just trying to communicate. I was trying all the time to put the best case scenario for and if you got shafted it's because there literally were no options and like and I think that that is something that I noticed that made a significant difference yeah. is that I was communicating that yeah and I worked for people once I was in that role whatever role it was I understood I was like oh, shit, they weren't trying to fuck with me like they were in an impossible position and I always thought to myself like had I known that at the time I would have had a different perspective and a better attitude about it and so I think that once I was in a position power where I was managing people it was important to me to always communicate that and be really transparent about how those decisions were being made and it made I think it made a difference when I think about how everyone was able to sort of rally together absolutely absolutely and I think you know being able to communication is key as they say and I think giving contextualization to what is going on it is it's such a hierarchical and I don't disagree necessarily um with this in sense of like I think only give me the information that I am at the pay band to have (laughs) don't 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 burden me with stuff that I don't need to know if you're not gonna pay me to reflect that but it is a hierarchical system right it's a very very divide and each step and each divide across that is actually hugely vast the top like the owners are making plans to expand buy new restaurants you know change menus invest in this do this do this do this and then the person at the bottom is serving the coffee right like the you know they're a runner you know between that you've got runner waiter manager ops owners like the steps between aren't enough to quite reflect the difference of experience of working for the same company but I think it's hard because You've got such a vision being perpetuated at the top, little bits being filtered down, decisions being made that affect your life, right? Very deeply affect your life about reasoning that you have no comprehension for. We would get like the arbitrary message down the pipe of like, um, we're actually, we're going to start opening at 8 a.m. And that's an informed business decision, right? Either because there's trade that they need to capture, they need to widen the margin, They like who knows why that decision gets made. But holding the perspective of like, you're not opening the restaurant at 8 a.m., you're making all of these people who are gonna work four doubles this week wake up at 6 a.m. So like the, the real ramifications and like how deeply those impact mental health. Things like hours, rotas, I mean, that was something I noticed all the time. Trying to make plans on a Wednesday and I didn't have my schedule yet and it was a Sunday. Like if you have a monthly rota, like all of a sudden the world is your oyster and you can like make social plans and you can buy tickets to see things you want to see. And like all of a sudden the world opens up in this way that it was previously closed. And it's like these small decisions. And I remember moving to monthly rotas and getting pushback and people being like, well, what are you going to do if like people can't? And I was like, why is it that the decisions that we make that are going to negatively impact somebody's experience here are made without any consideration of that? But the thing positively impact them we're like oh I don't know can we afford it is that the right thing what if this happens what if that happens and that was always such a 
uh, like twisted. It felt so backwards to me. I was having this conversation with my therapist today. You know, I was discussing with her, like trying to understand like, okay, what, what, what do I mean? What do we mean by like mental health in the service industry? And I was trying to just kind of ha- think about what is, what do I have now experientially outside of like the systems of like how a restaurant works or whatever it might be or how my how where I work now works like what is it about right now that means that like I feel capable of like really doing this I feel I feel in a in a safe enough space to manage my mental health not that it's always beautiful it's certainly up and down and it's still a huge struggle in my life but like I feel capable of managing it at least now and I was we were kind of I was kind of talking about there is something about trust and boundaries right and I know we we are the generation and the 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 the, those below us as well be talking about boundaries constantly (laughs) so yes they're very important I I second this but I think the other one is trust right there is this real system of distrust within within the hierarchy of a restaurant it's this assumption no I need to give you this information you need to follow it by the t and like you need to have no autonomy in this like you are you are a soldier almost right like I'm not going to trust also I'm not going to trust you with the my reasoning no you just do it I think what lack of trust does is that it it takes up so much room right like as an individual when you're trusted you can fill your own space you can fill to the edges of what you're capable to do you're allowed to process that think about that work out what you like what you don't like what you enjoy what you don't enjoy and build a life around that and that is like very good for the brain whereas someone not trusting you just pushes them into your like into yourself they like they blow up into all (laughs) into all of your space and I think it's it's very insidious when it happens because you spend too much time in a place to be shrunk down to being that small to being shrunk down to such an inconsequential or considered or feeling so inconsequential to a structure that needs you to work basically when you're going through a period where you feel like an owner doesn't trust you as much because of whatever you can feel like the prep like it shifts something like you can feel the shift in the wind and subsequently like if you're managing a team of people the difference between before somebody knows that they can trust you and after and that you've built that and like tested it and open up to each other and trust each other the difference in how it feels to show work is enormous and that's like you know when you start a new job or you're at a new restaurant and you spend like the first four days just wanting to like throw yourself through the drywall and it's so uncomfortable and you're it's just uh, like i want to hurl just thinking about it but i think the basis of that feeling aside from having anxiety is that you don't trust anyone yet and they don't trust you yet so it's just this and imagine when you're working for somebody where that feeling persists for six months, for a year, for as long as you're working with them, it's that feeling all the time. Not a good situation make for a person. Like you can't live that way. And they just you you stop thinking about you, what you need, how you want to operate, and they become the occupant in your mind. What do they want? What do they need? How do they want it? If they if even if they haven't told me, how would they have wanted me to have done it? Am I have gonna done this? Am I gonna have done this in a way that 
they're gonna consider we do not get paid for someone to occupy your mind that much (laughs) like there is no amount of money that should leave someone just occupying your internal world like that no way no and especially not for food and coffee like no (laughs) did your experience in restaurants inform your decision to work in mental health absolutely i knew i knew i've always been interested in mental health I uh when I was teaching in Tanzania I was like oh counseling like I my favorite part of the entire job was just like like my students just coming and talking to me about stuff but um so I'd always it's always been it was always in the back of my mind I was in working in the service industry I think I was very inspired by a few people I worked with like very very inspired uh, I will give another shout out to my very good friend um Neve who's just incredible like she's just one of the best managers you will ever have uh one of the best people you could ever work with and um so just so insightful about the experience of it so we would talk about it a lot it was such an environment where you just see life <laughs> you see it all on both sides of of that kind of like employment and customer border like you just you see dynamics you see everything so I was always fascinated I loved trying to work out what was going on with anyone in the restaurant like is there anything better than when you have a table who's fighting whether it's like a group of friends a date and you're just like getting these little like nicks of what they might be fighting but it is fascinating and you see people's behavior and body language and like the way they interact with you and their self-consciousness like you're so right it's the best job for a nosy person like ourselves when i worked in um the uh, part of the pub i mean i saw like marriages divorces kids be born i found out who's cheating who's oh you would get it all you get it oh it was fantastic absolutely fantastic but yeah I I my mental health suffered vastly all through that period I mean it was you know for a myriad of reasons um both my own historic traumas and just the environment and so on and so forth the industry definitely gave me is like people you know what I mean I was like I was, I was like people that's what I want <laughs> I want to work with people I want to work with lots of them I'm passionate about understanding the way that people work and just understanding it and I noticed that so viscerally when working in the industry and did you once you sort of arrived there and once that curiosity drove you into that transition to work in mental health what did you notice were the biggest sort of crossover skills between working in hospitality and working in mental health and counseling if you work in the service industry you are primed very well to work in mental health it's absolutely transferable I think you're just so used to people. You're so used to having to see the full picture, right? Like even like logistics of being like, oh, we need to make sure that that table leaves by this time. How am I going to do that in a way that's both appeasing to them, but um, appeasing to the next customer coming in? Okay, let me go talk to the, you know, like, okay, let me just go sort this out, have a few chats, do all the background work and come and be like, this is the proposed idea we have for how we can help you still have a good night and, you know, leave your nice tip. Your interpersonal skills are cracking. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. You just like, you're like humans, cool, got you, right? Mm. Also, just working in chaos. I mean, I even used to thrive in it sometimes. It's when it's chaotic and you get through 
and no mistakes were done. I don't think, I don't know if there's anything better. I don't know. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. But good God. You know, when you're like, oh, this one thing could have tipped this over into like disaster. And we held it together. Um, so yeah, crisis management. If you can manage crises, you can you can go into mental health. Just being able to kind of go, oh, okay, I think this is what you might need from tonight. You learn to be very malleable. You learn how to just tweak you you can you know you know that table where you can go up and be like hey how's it going and you can you can sense the table where you just you know you get the order you get out they don't they don't want to hear it they don't care right you get you build that sixth sense of 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 what people want from you particularly when somebody's struggling in their mental health being able to evaluate what is going to be the best way for me to reach this person and to make them feel like they're not alone and for some people the good number for good samaritans for you to fuck off and for other people they want to sit down and they want to talk to you about it and being able to figure out which approach is best so that people are the most likely to get help from you and be vulnerable is i mean literally i'm sure you have saved lives because that skill is honed exactly and i think i certainly feel like i can tell as you said you just need to talk about it you need to get it out you need to have it had said and i'm very okay to just kind of go cool I'll listen you don't you don't need anything else from me you just need someone to have heard it comparatively to that okay let's pragmatically find solutions for what you've presented those are two very different things and I very much advocate for and talk about as much as I can to anyone I can the importance of just sometimes just saying something is all that you need and it's okay not to fix stuff all sorts of you know ther different therapies but like some are just someone listens you know it's not always that someone then sends you home with you need to do this or you need to do breathing exercises that's not how my personal therapy is it's just more we kind of talk it out I think you learn how to do that very, very well from restaurants. Knowing that maybe that customer that, yeah, they get a coffee every day, but they're not chatty, but you are an important part of their day. They will ask after you. I love it. It's the customer that never really talks to you, but then you get a haircut one day and the next time they come in for coffee, they're like, you got a haircut, but you are providing some kind of stability. Yeah, yeah, of um, course. Now that you work in mental health, do you see your experiences in hospitality differently? Oh gosh, yeah. Over the last, ironically enough that this is coming up, but like over the last um, few weeks, I think I've been thinking about that time in my life a lot more. And it is very much recontextualized, um, both in the positive and the negative. I understand a lot more why a lot of it was the environment and not just me being out of control. There's this real kind of like, I think perception I had of myself of like, oh God, you're nuts. Like you're just, you just had drinking issues and you were just on one. You're crazy twenties kind of thing. And now I a lot more kind of go, ah, that was an environment that produced, I'm not saying I had no, no autonomy in any of it, but the environment fed something in both great and terrible ways. I very much miss feeling like I was part of a community. Your lives become like one bubble. <laughs> I think that this is how kids that played sport feel about oh. playing sport. And I think that's why 
I'm only bringing this up because I've been watching Cheer and they're talking yes. about what it's like to walk away from it and when it's happening mm -hmm. you hate it and when you're gone how much you miss it and how much you miss those people and that is the sentiment yeah yeah absolutely it's very hard to feel lonely it feels void for sure for sure i mean i worked in somewhere my night off was in the bar <laughs> like, you know that was the environment i was in like okay i'm not working tonight I'm still going to see all the people I work with because who who else is off on a Tuesday night? You don't pay me enough to be going out where I actually would want to spend money and drink. So I'll spend all my time here. And it was a mess in the end. But for that, for a time, it was it was lovely. And I miss I miss I do miss the community. I don't think it's sustainable, but I think there is a there's a middle ground that can be made. I also think it's about personalities. Like there are if you're somebody really good about boundaries, has less of an addictive personality. I definitely know people and people that we would have worked with together who those are people that will be in hostility for the rest of their life and they'll be good at it. I think there are those who are, this sounds terrible, are fucked up, things aren't okay and they'll stay because they know nothing different. <laughs> and then you're right. And then there's the other side of those who, you know, do have boundaries, have the ability to go home. Most people I know did this job in their 20s. And then those who are in their thirties are usually into a management position that changes things. That gives that gives you a boundary. If you want to be a good manager, you can't be too entwined with the rest of your staff. Like it's just not going to be good management. That gives one for to you, which is helpful. Whereas when you're not in that position, you're in your twenties. I mean, I was single for most of it. What what was there to leave for? There was nothing at home I can make it I can make myself now understand no you do need to go home there is something for you at home I formulated a lifestyle that means being at home and being by myself is not intolerable at that time it was because of my own mental health so then I went into an industry that perpetuated a system where I didn't have to ever be alone I think it's magical that way but it will fuck you up <laughs> But I've dated people and been friends with people who have never worked in restaurants. And I am so sorry for them. Oh, it's a great time. And you learn yourself. I think moving to a new city and not getting a job in a restaurant, I honestly don't understand how else you make friends. And I mean, I moved with a friend who didn't really work in restaurants and I did. And the difference in our experience, because I was just handed this community, I would I want to envision an industry where people can stay in it for longer and where they have more options and where you can make a career out of it more easily and to make a career out of it becomes the rule and not the exception. I want to see all of that happen because I know how like beautiful and valuable and wonderful it is. Absolutely. And I think like there will be a shift out of mere necessity really more than anything, but it's environments that make us ill and I mean this in a in a very expansive way as well this isn't just about work environments I think we all know this very much from being in a pandemic for a couple of years what we are in and around has such a deep effect on us we could do all the bloody breathing exercises we want if the environment is not altering and changing and meeting our needs it's not going to do much. It's going to it's gonna maybe help you in that second, that moment. It's going to give you five minutes, 10 minutes of reprieve. But it's just making you more able to, to stay longer in something that's not working. It doesn't make it work. It just makes it tolerable for longer. Unless the environments that 
people are working in unless restaurants are really and the industry I mean not just restaurants the top down everywhere right unless the industry really starts reflecting on a sense of longevity and foresight think about what you're doing think about the environments you're creating and, and try and create something that you know I don't have the answer I don't know what it is but like try and someone will like, yeah that's not that's a different podcast that's a different podcast and also they can pay me to think of that but um, I've got some theories but gosh no um and also like quite frankly the generation coming up behind us do not take prisoners they will quit on you that day like please do not think you're gonna win with these with these young. I am so inspired by these young people I spent far too much time on TikTok I work with teenagers as well so um in my work right now I work with 13 to 21 year olds they do not have time for our antiquated ideas they are done they have and I think that the young people that would like show up and be like mm, isn't for me and they'd leave after a shift I was like they are so weak and I'm like oh my god now I'm like they're so well boundaried you know you're like that was on the list of options <laughs> What? I had no idea. I had, I had no idea that you could show up and a restaurant would offer you a job and you could just be like, no. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's been an industry that has just like been resting on its laurels for a very long time. We're not making it good enough to tap into those who like actually could stay and could make this a career. We are putting financial barriers into them to be able to do so. If I could make a livable wage waitressing four nights a week I think I would do it until I retired why not it's lovely but it becomes so particularly in this country where the tip culture is so fucking weird anyone with their salt gets priced out basically of actually running around with the table absolutely what a damn shame because it is it's such a skill such a skill such a skill not to just pump us up I know right um I'm just half an eye on the time I want to wrap up with some quick fire questions. What's your favorite sauce? I just, I'm such a sauce lady, but they all have their purpose. I love hollandaise. Yes. I got into making mayonnaises for a while and then I made hollandaise. It was a period of my life that I got very, very deeply into the French. <laughs> what are you listening to? I repeatedly listened to the um, soundtrack to West Side Story. Rachel, we've already talked about how we need to watch this film together. Yeah, we do, we do. Um, I recently got pulled put, uh, put onto a podcast called Cancel Me Daddy, which is about cancel culture. Very good. Also, The Gender Reveal, which is a podcast about gender, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. I sound like such an ass, don't I? Like Hollandaise sauce. I make my own for catch when I listen to podcasts about gender. Like- <laughs> <laughs> good God. What is your fridge? Oh, staple? I've got a couple. Goji Gang, Goji Gang um, paste. Fantastic in anything. That um, Chinese chili oil that has the picture of the woman on the on the jar. Very important. And um, the harissa. I forget the name, but it's the one that either comes in a tin or a tube, and it's a yellow and red packaging. All other harissa is inferior by miles just throw that in anything oh and just a whole cupboard of pasta at all times just all the pasta <laughs> um and a tin of tomato you can't you but yeah 
that's a few. But if I've got those things, I could probably make a meal. Most like, yeah. Who is your dream dinner guest? I'd love to hang out with Audrey Lord. I think I just I just want to talk to her. If you just drank a bottle of wine and like talked about old episodes of The Simpsons, would you be disappointed? Not in the slides. I reckon her insights into The Simpsons would be great. I very much visualized this as a summer garden dinner. And we just have a cigarette after dinner and just, I don't know, chat about life. Well, Hazena, thank you um, so, so, so much for sitting down. This was so interesting. I think that you're such an insightful person and I'm so fascinated by your perspective, not just because we share so many of the same opinions. And just thank you for coming on and chatting with us. Thank you. Beyond the Past is produced by Kelly's Cause Foundation. For more information about Kelly's Cause, please head to kellyscause.com or find us on Instagram at kellyscause.